Y'all know here at Black Girl Brunch, we are always trying to prioritize our health and wellness. And as Black people, we know health is wealth. From the makers of Gatorade, Propel is the only zero-calorie, zero-sugar fitness water among national enhanced water brands with enough electrolytes to replace what is lost in sweat. Y'all know we understand how crazy life can get. Propel is here to help keep you grounded. All Propel products are designed for people with busy, active lifestyles who want a water that is formulated for fitness and supports hydration with added benefits such as electrolytes, vitamins, and antioxidants. Check out Propel Immune Support, the newest fitness water that helps support a healthy immune system with 100% of the recommended daily value of vitamin C per bottle and an excellent source of zinc and electrolytes. Now, let's get into the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Black Girl Brunch. My name is Iman. And I'm Sabria. And thank y'all so much for tuning in. It's been such a wild week, but we are just trying to push fuck through right yes as always you know keeping it dope um bringing that back <laughs> we're gonna bring it back we're gonna bring it back dope but yeah. you know we're doing what's most important to us which is connecting to you all yes yes the best part of the week honestly yeah, yeah so let's get into this fade four shall we like let's just hop right into it so our fade four this week is if we were hosting a pop culture master class what iconic pop culture events will we talk about in our master class? So for me, um, obviously, um, I'm going to have to go with Little Kim when she had her titty out, when she was wearing that purple one piece. Um, it was very iconic. I feel like Little Kim set the bar for fashion and female rap. And if it wasn't for her, that like a lot of these designers wouldn't look at female rappers as muses. Um, she definitely set the bar with that, and I feel like that is an iconic lesson to teach. Um, yes, and I'll also never forget Diana Ross jiggling her titty on the red carpet. Yes. Like, who would have thought that would have came from Diana Ross? Yeah, I was definitely taken aback because when I was younger, I'm just like, oh, that's grandma. Like, she just, <laughs> like, you know, oh, wacky. Wow. She, she low-key wild. Yeah. Um, and it all makes sense because she's an Aries. Yeah. Um, the second one would be Fiona Apple saying this world is bullshit. Um, X. She was right. I mean, what else is there to say? Like, I loved it because it wasn't performative. It was just straight to the point. She said what she said. She didn't make a big deal about it. Um, I love when artists do things like that, like um, Marlon Brando, when he wore a Native, and he didn't come to the Oscars, he sent a Native American actress to accept his award on his behalf um, so she can speak about the violence that was happening against Native Americans. And I feel like if you are an artist, you have a platform, that's the way you do things. Don't make a performative, say what you got to say, do what you got to do then bounce, you know? Yeah, because it's becoming that trend. Like, every time it's like an Oscar speech, like, you, it's almost expected that they're going to get up and be like, women all over the world are suffering or global warming is taking control. And it just feels like, all right, you feel like you kind of have to do this. And it feels less like, like, Fiona, she didn't give a shit. Like, she, yeah, she didn't give a shit. Like, she didn't even really want to be there for real. And like, it just feels way more genuine. Also, like, when celebrities now do stuff like that, and then people be like, hey, but you voted for this person who, like, literally the politics just don't add up. Or you're dating this person. Exactly. Or you're, or, yeah. Because that literally just happened to Katy Perry because she said something about Independence Day and, like, you know, the my body, my choice. And somebody was like, you literally voted for somebody that voted against, like, Roe versus Lee. Who? Katy Perry. What did she vote for? She wrote, it was some, not a president. It was like a, it was somebody in, like, local mm. who, like, was against it. These people be so confused. Right? Um, also, let's talk about it. Little Mama jumping on the stage with Jay-Z. Um, <laughs> on there. It was very... It was a moment in cringe culture that will definitely forever go down in history. 
did not know what she was thinking. Um, I would love to study little mama's mind because she just does things that is just like, you're not embarrassed. Yeah. I feel like what her cringe reflex is broken. I, that's definitely what it is. She has no shame. And I feel like she thinks being from New York outweighs being <laughs> cringe. So she feels like, I, I feel like she's like, oh, I could do this because at the end of the day, I'm from New York. No, she's from New York. She's from New York. At the end of the day, like, that's where she's from. And, I'm and just- people who make where they're from a personality trait, too, like we all do to search. It could be very annoying. It's two ways to do it. It's like you either cool or you not. And it's like she definitely not cool. Yeah, she the type of person to say, you know, I'm from New York. Yeah, she's yeah, like, you know, yeah, she's like, you know, we don't play that. And somebody else from New York be like, what the fuck is you talking about? Like, or it's like, I don't like when people start trying to talk that tough shit and they like they say where they from. Cause it's like we all are from, like, it's a bunch of places you could be from and still get your ass beat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like oh, I'm from New York. I'm from Harlem and I'm from North Philly. And there are people from Baltimore, <laughs> Chicago, and Detroit, and Compton. And it's like everybody can be from places with tough reputations. What does that mean? Exactly. Lastly, the train wreck era. Um, if you were there, you were there. If you weren't, you just had to be there. Sorry if you weren't born. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which some of you really were developing your cognitive skills. Exactly, which makes me feel old. But, like, it was just such a crazy era because it was just women being just very, like, nasty, messy, partying, doing drugs. And um, it was just, like, so many articles, like, this such and such, this girl's going to die because she's, like, just so out of control. It was sex tapes being dropped. It was, right? Yes. It just was so insane. And I can't believe, like, I lived through that. Um, and looking back on it, I feel like some of those girls, like Lindsay Lohan's and Britney Spears, like, they were being antagonized and, like, they didn't feel like they had control in their own lives. Like, for instance, Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears both come from families where their families like used them for like their money and like took money from them and just like try to take control over their estates and things like that. And <laughs> the, they were acting out because they were just so unhappy. But instead of people trying to help them, they were like taking pictures of them passed out and having mental breakdowns and all things like that. So like I feel like that's definitely a like a meaty topic to talk about um, in a pop culture class because it's just so many layers to it, especially like because I was watching it as a kid and I remember I was like since I was like a moody teenager, I had on my MySpace like I'm a train wreck and I'm like, girl, you are <laughs> please yeah. until you've done what those girls have done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that would be my uh, masterclass. Yeah, I felt like that moment in pop history, like it was just like you. I felt like I thought that that's what it meant to be a a celebrity is to act like that. Same, I did too. And it's like I can't even remember like when we did the transition to like when that was not needed. Like I don't remember like what was the transition. Yeah, me neither. But I just felt like after a while, it's starting not being cool to be a hot mess. Yeah. And also, like, people losing brand deals and, you know, people were like, ooh, like, you know. Yeah, it, it just got real messy. Um, Thank God we're past that. And all of them are, seem to be doing better. I don't know if they're, like, doing well, but they seem to be doing a lot better. Yeah. And that's a good thing. All right, so let's get to my pop culture moments. The first is Miley Cyrus. Um... And her just hot mess, like, African-American <laughs> era. Like, remember when Miley was like, I want to be black? And she started, it started with that VMA performance with Robin Thicke when she had that tight-ass one-piece on and she was twerking uh, like a roach all across the stage. She did look like that bug from yeah. other black. She just was just going crazy. And that's another thing. I see that live in Living Color, and it was like, the most bizarre thing. I just remember being angry that it was happening. Oh my God. And like I was saying, like her, her butt cheeks look like two raw chicken cutlets, like hanging out of like that one piece. 
And like she literally was twerking on Robin Thicke. And like I just felt like we kind of saw it coming with Miley. Like first she was doing Hannah Montana. And I ain't gonna lie, I always felt like the kids on Disney Channel was too grown. I always felt like they were way too grown. Like they just had boyfriends and stuff. But I'm like, you know what? My mom, <laughs> my mom don't let me do nothing. So maybe they got living a normal life. But I felt like something about Hannah Montana, like she just felt grown to me, you know? And then like the can't be tame came out and my mom was like, they need to watch her. Cause she tells us she can't be tamed. And she's like 16, 17 years old. And she was like, we're in a bustier. And like, it just was a lot going on. So it's like, it was some foreshadowing that she was about to become, like she's about to lose it. But then she got a shortcut and she just was acting unusual on that stage. Like she was dipping it low. Was out and it was swir- It was like your drunken, hot mess, divorced mom. <laughs> That's what she was acting Yeah, like. she was too young. To, and I'm just realizing like we literally are the same age. She was dipping it low, spreading it wide, just acting so unusual. Also like, please note that before she snapped, we met her. And we loved her. I was a big Miley Cyrus fan. We both were. We both were like Hannah Montana fans. And she was really cool when we met her. Like, we walked up. She was like in town because her ex, then boyfriend, was filming in Philly. And she was just like, yeah, like, if y'all want to take a picture with me, you know, um, that's cool. But I do have to run because <laughs> like, my car is getting towed. Like, she just started talking to us like we were her girls. <laughs> and we took a picture of Miley Cyrus. Yeah, um, and then she cracked. Yeah, she cracked. But see, it's like when she got her man back, she was she was normal. She went back to being a white girl. Yeah, she went back to being a white girl. So <laughs> it's just like, um, it was just wild though. Like again, Robin Thicke was just he's the blame too. Like I feel like Miley got all of it, but he is also to blame. Yeah, he, also cracked, he definitely <laughs> cracked. Like what the hell? <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Yeah. A lot of trauma happened around that time of the VMAs because, like, Katy Perry and Russell Brand connected, oh, which was yeah. not a good thing. I was not. We were good. coming out of the train wreck era, and it still was little remnants of, like, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah it was messy. definitely some remnants of being messy and, like, ugh. So next is going to be the Kanye and Taylor Swift situation. Like when that happened, when I saw Kanye get up on that stage and take that award from that girl, I felt like Olivia Pope. I felt like it's about to be a crisis in the White House. I'm gonna have to defend him. Yeah, little did I know that wasn't even the that wasn't the worst. <laughs> that wasn't the worst thing he would ever do. Um, that's when I really should have just handed over my Kanye West badge. Yeah, right then and there. Um. I just had my mouth wide open and I was immediately defending him. Like you like remember Obama called him an asshole because of what he did. <laughs> Beyonce had to apologize. He interrupted Taylor Swift, took her award and said Beyonce had the best video of all time. He did though. I don't yeah. even remember what the video was that Taylor Swift won for. I don't Do you either. Remember? Um I think the big problem is that she was so young when it happened, but like that beef ended up like going for years because one the <laughs> next year, Kanye West, that was like kind of his opportunity to apologize after really being officially made the bad guy. And he literally performed uh what's that one song? Runaway. Yeah, Runaway, where he was just like saying, let's have a toast to the assholes and the douchebags. And, <laughs> like, he just didn't say sorry. He literally stood in the fact that he's an asshole, which was hilarious. <laughs> um, but also, like, remember with Taylor Swift versus Kim Kardashian versus him name dropping her? Like, it's her saying that she he didn't have permission to say, like, I made that bitch famous, talking about Taylor Swift and... Then it was a recording of her listening to him say that or play it for her. It was a lot of mess. And it just became so unclear to know, like, we know who the original villain was, but then after a while, the lines got blurred. And I was just like, who is really, really pushing this negative? And people was putting snakes under her um her pictures. Oh, yeah, but Kim started that by calling her a snake. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Taylor Swift has such a messy, 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 like... <laughs> History. She really do. Oh my god! She like gets, America, she gets ghetto. She is. She gets very ghetto. <laughs> she gets very ghetto. But one thing about her, she just saw her ass. That she didn't <laughs> got fight these last few years. She did. I can respect that. Like she put her music out, 
be, you know, dating her people, wearing her little bangs, and minding her business. <laughs> That's what she be doing. Period. Be um, <laughs> next. Me next, my next. Please <laughs> let that be my next era. Please. Please. Hopefully in love and just ugh, with my bangs. <laughs> love with my bangs. That's all and, and, and quiet. That's what I want to be. Um, Rihanna's social media, like starting in 2013. It, if you weren't on Instagram when Rihanna was showing her titties randomly and like beefing with Karuchi and beefing with TLC and Tiana Taylor and beefing with Tiana Taylor and beefing with Sierra <laughs> and, and cursing out fans. Like I remember like one time, like somebody like made her look white or something in a picture they photoshopped her white and Rihanna wrote them like, bitch, what the fuck is this? Or something like like she was just unhinged. It was so every day you log on is something that is her versus Karuchi in a new way. Is you know Chris Van Brown supposedly you know going to to the store or something, and next thing you know he's sitting with Rihanna. Rihanna was always in a bathing suit, and her and M Dollars had us cracking up. They were sharing memes. They were it was <laughs> were doing coke. it was even though she wasn't like she clarified. It just was like, wow. It showed me that the fact that Rihanna can be a billionaire and a businesswoman and grow, we all can. Yeah, she came a long way. I used to be fighting for my life on Tumblr. I never fought for Rihanna. I just, like, I never could really explain it because I guess I grew up with girls who were kind, not, like, some people would consider it mean, but she was just like, I'm going to just say my piece. Like, I'm going to Yeah, because y'all says, yeah, a lot of people started with her. A lot of people said stuff to her, to first, and she was never afraid to say something back, and I feel like she's just a naturally snippy island girl who was just, like, doing what she wants. She's unapologetic. Exactly. Like, that was the bad girl reread that just was like, wow. She was her S&M. The videos were getting banned in different countries but <laughs> was like yeah thank you thank you for being this rock star that i needed yeah like, i love that that she was a rock star and now she's a mother she's a businesswoman like mogul like she she's of, still a rock star she like, still she, is. never forget recently she told somebody no shit when they told her she was late <laughs> it was like yeah rihanna always has been her but she's just curved it a little bit but back in the day oh, oh what a wild ride that was that was so fun it was so fun. yeah it was chaotic it was for me. It was really a great time. It was fun. Finally, uh, the Tyler, the creator, um, era, like when the golf wing first started taking over YouTube, Tumblr, Twitter. It was they were so funny. Like <laughs> Tyler came out and his slogan was "Kill people, burn shit, fuck school." Yeah, I was like, it's funny because like I feel like everybody would think that like I would it would be me that's the like hardcore. Fan, but it actually was Iman, y'all. Like I low-key was like, I think I was really scared of him because he reminded me of like boys in school that I couldn't predict their mood. <laughs> I know the kids you're talking about. I felt like I knew Tyler was weird, but I could tell he when I found out he was straight edge, I think that that changed things. Like if the moment I started looking at his YouTube and stuff like that, I could tell that he was one, uh, kind of a sweetheart, a little bit sensitive, and also never forget, he was saying crazy things. Let's talk about that. That's really why people didn't like him. Yeah. He was eating roaches. He was making <laughs> black. He was doing shit that black people don't like. You know, so it's like, yeah, I get it. He was saying things about pregnant women. He was saying crazy shit. Yeah. And then during that time, I just felt like less was offensive to me. Um, but also he was also being like pretty much babysat by his manager. Like they, the manager ran a really tight ship. So I felt like he was somewhat, um, in control and to watch his growth is crazy. But that was a moment in pop culture that was really, really exciting to me. Like the, the donut swag, like <laughs> donut on everything, how much he loved waffles. Like it was just so fun. And then it transitioned to a show, the loiter squad. Oh when, yeah. Like, um, free Earl. Like, I literally had, it was me and a bunch of, like, four of the white men walking around campus saying free girl. Like, that was crazy. Like, that was such a good time. Y'all, go look up Tyler, um, Tyler the Creators. I want to say Tyler Swift. Tyler the Creators. <laughs> videos on YouTube. And never forget that during that time, we also were being introduced to Frank Ocean and Sid. Yes. Haji Beats. 
taco. So many of them. Yeah, you really loved them niggas. Like, I love my friends. Those was my friends. I already mentioned George Bush don't like black people. Kanye West said that on live television next to Mike Myers during Hurricane Katrina. What? Uh, Again, you just had to be there. And again, that that wasn't the worst thing he's ever done. It was just like the beginning. It was a big red flag. The tip of the iceberg. The big tip of the iceberg. And we just, we still don't know what's next. We're scared every day. Yeah, it's gotten worse, I must say. <laughs> yes, that is fave four for this week. All right, let's move into a toast for a sis, shall we? So this week, we're going to toast to our girl, Janet Jackson. Yes, Janet. Miss Jackson, if you nasty. First of all, she sounds so cute when she said that in her song. She said, Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. <laughs> I know. I did not believe that she was nasty. <laughs> yes, I did. But soon... Yeah. Soon I did. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like in the 80s, she was kind of getting rubbed up. In the 90s, she had red hair, well, poetic justice. But in the early 2000s, oh, she got freaky. Yeah, she was busting them nuts. But anyway. Um... <laughs> huh? Um, yeah, what we really want to give her a shout out for is <laughs> one being sexy. Two, she still got it, y'all. She yeah. was performing at Essence Fest and she was popping them shoulders. Do you hear me? I love that. And I know. I was so excited to see her, like, because she, you know, went away for a little bit to focus on family, which yeah, love. Yeah, please. More of that. More of people leaving work, especially if they don't have to work. Exactly. Because like, her- what are you doing it for? Exactly. You don't want to. Right? Because her catalog, it speaks for itself. Like, she don't have to do anything. She don't. All I like is when Janet Jackson smirk at us. That's all she got to yeah. do. Show that beautiful little smile. And if she wants to perform, just to let us know she still got it, great. Um, I already mentioned Patty LaBelle. Yes, she was. Is Debbie Allen twerking? Wait. Did you know Allen? I did not know she was twerking. Yeah, she she busted wide open real quick on stage with Patty LaBelle. Wait, Patty LaBelle was busting open too? No, Patty LaBelle wasn't busting it wide open. Uh, which <laughs> I'm just thinking. Now, about. she probably did it behind closed doors. She probably be busting it open, making them pies. <laughs> When she go to put it in the oven, she probably be popping her. Yeah, I feel like she wow. She's a Philly girl. Yeah, and she be kicking her shoes off. I love Patty LaBelle. I wish I would have been like alive during her era of like during her reign. I know she was just an extra diva. Exactly. So yeah, shout out to all the women. Um, Ron Osley also shut it down at the. Uh, <laughs> Essence Fest, me, me and Jamir were watching it, and I was just was like, okay, Mr. Big. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Tea time. I don't even do this. Jason Derulo. Yeah. Trigger warning. <laughs> we're going to talk about Jason Derulo. Corn, trigger warning, corny ass nigga. Trigger warning, cornball. <laughs> um... This is, honestly, I feel like if I had to give a word to the corniest nigga on earth, Jason Derulo would be number one. Yeah. He would literally be number one. I feel like he is corny personified to me. He really is. Like, he is the type of nigga, like, I just know in high school we would not get along. But I wouldn't be able to speak on it because everybody's like, oh, he's so nice. Like, he cool. Like, and I would just be waiting for him. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I would just be waiting for him to do something so I could be like, ha, told you, gotcha. I feel like he is what happens when I'm going to try to... I just feel like... Bear with me. I feel like Jason Derulo, men like him thrive when folks like blackness mixed with other things. That's very true. They The safe flick. They want this safe brown boy that's going to give them pop music. Mm -hmm. And like they, it's just I feel like no one has ever held Jason Derulo accountable for being like a terrorist. Like no one has <laughs> terrorized Jordan Sparks, who's such a sweet girl. Yeah, such a sweet girl. Sage and Gemini did the same thing. But one thing about her, she gets she packs her bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing about her. But it's crazy because they the same type of nigga. But like Sage and Gemini is a little bit more tolerable. He is more urban. Yeah, that's why I could tolerate him. But they did the. Two sides of the same coin. You're right. And you know what it is? It's the fucking headline. Hairline. And the I hair don't texture. Like people 
hairlines look too dyed and be real sharp. I feel like that in itself is suspicious. You know, like that's suspicious when people yeah. hear real boxy. Ew, he's 6'5. He's a Gemini. That's scary. I did not know he was 6'5. I thought he was 5'6. That's scary. But I should have known he was tall because um, Jordan was. But you remember his manipulative ass was writing how much he missed Jordan Sparks? And she's like, yo, he cheats on me. Like, he's a serial cheater. And guess what? So is Jason Derulo. The reason why we know this is because his ex girlfriend. Um, and model. Her name is Jennifer. She's like pretty girl that you probably seen him making TikToks with. They look like they're living a perfect life life together. She recently revealed that they've been single and he's been cheating like a monster. <laughs> he's just been cheating like a maniac on her. And like people are trolling her, saying like, "Oh, you whore! You're a single mom!" and like all these things. And she's just like. First of all, I didn't ask to be a single mom. Yeah. Who wants to? She was like, I wanted to have a family, and I was encouraged to turn the other cheek to the fact that this man has chose the streets over his family. And she just went in and was just like, y'all are going to need to stop blaming single moms or for for choose for this for having this when it's the worst thing that a person could ask for. Nobody wants to parent by themselves. She was saying that she basically begged this man to be a parent. And I'm just like, that is so gross that you are out here fathering children and then encouraging women to turn the other cheek to your cheating. Yeah. Don't nobody want to do that shit? Like, so you can make fucking TikToks? You dumbass nigga. I would have took a slingshot and got the biggest, roundest rock I could find and just launched it. I would have burnt all his sleeveless hoodies. <laughs> that was, that'll do it. I would have. He would have had a nervous breakdown. I would have dumped all his hair dye in the <laughs> trash and all his, no, I would have dumped out his cologne and, and got rid of his Chelsea movie. <laughs> you know he would have been like, why I order this fucking Chelsea boots? I feel like that's like kryptonite. Like, get, no, get rid dye of Dye in a Chelsea boot? Like, yeah, nigga, try to line your beard up now to go outside the fucking street. He wouldn't be able to take it. These hoes know who to play with. That's how I be feeling. <laughs> like, I feel terrible for that girl. Um, I pray Same. that she finds a, a Russell Wilson, somebody who wants to build, Same. somebody that wants what she wants. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's so important these days. Like, finding somebody who really wants what you want. Mm-hmm. And she said they planned the child together, too. That's the wildest part. Not like to plan a child with somebody and then act curb. So yeah, Jason Derulo, I guess I feel about him the way you felt about Ed Sheeran. Yeah, that's fair. From the beginning of time. Like, yeah, no, I, I always couldn't stand that nigga. Yeah, I couldn't stand him. So, um, prayers to Jenna and that child. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into Beyonce's album cover. Some actual great news. Yeah. Wow. wow. We have Beyonce looking like the queen she is, oiled up, sturdy, succulent as hell, thick, looking like she smell like peaches. I just wanted to help her carry them things, you know? Yeah. I just wanted to smell her hair. I like, I'll say my apologies. My mind went definitely um, the LGBT um, Q route. But when I was looking at her, I was like, yeah. yeah I've like, never yeah. looked at Beyonce that way. It was weird. Yeah, it was how she was perched up. Yeah. The titties sitting and the ass sitting and the thighs being big. and oil. Yeah. She, and she looked like a woman. Yeah. I was just like, this is... Like, also, I like um, Tybor. Not really a Tybor, but I really love the fact that it was a fake horse because... She needs to stop picking with them real horses. Yeah. But she is from Texas. Anti-using real animals. But the fact that she used, like, translucent horse. Yeah, (laughs) and it looked so much better. It was so much more interesting, too. Like, I I loved it. Um, And it made me excited for our boxes. Um, And, like, I'm just not used to, like, Beyonce giving us stuff. But you did say on, I think it was the last show... You were reading about how her creative director was like, we won't have a like a traditional rollout. Yeah, and I'm excited about that. Um, we were talking, and I was telling you like earlier today how 
I'm hoping that the Beyonce boxes, because you know it's like pose one. Pose yeah, two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Four. We've seen her on that horse mm-hmm. in that same position, like perched, looking to the side, silhouette popping. Mm-hmm. Vogue. And then we now know her album covers the same way. So it's just like, all right, it's called Renaissance. Mm-hmm. 16 tracks. If you can give us 16 tracks. Oh, also, did you notice that there was an Ivy Park cameo and like the video she made for Vogue? It's like, I think the theme is like Utopia or something like that. So she's got, it's like all this streamlined launch. Damn. All these different ends. Yeah. So everyone just get your coin ready, essentially. This is about to happen. It's really about to go fucking crazy. Yeah. But I think with the poses, it's going to be her different poses of her on the horse. Like, I think that would be cool to reimagine it. Like, she's had, like, that more traditional, like, Renaissance yeah. era style for both. She had that, like, galactic warrior look, like, oh, for her album cover. But I'm like, she could give us so much. She could give us Western. Yeah. And she can give us Candyland on another pose. Like, she could do so much with it. She can give us fantasy. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so curious. I guess we'll see like what's on the boxes when it comes out. You have to. Um, yeah, which is July 29th, I think. I want my box that day. I know, same, right? So they need to ship them out because I know it's going <laughs> to take a while. So they need to ship them out like right now. Now. Yeah. Like I'm not playing. I don't want my box three weeks later. Yeah, no, right now. I get, I want to be looking at my box and listening to the music at the same time. Same. Um, sorry, I just picture Beyonce saying you're gonna get the box whenever your black ass gets it. No, like that's not fair. That's not fair. That's Speaking fair. of, Beyonce wrote us a little note. Like she dropped the artwork and wrote a note. I'm like, oh, like she's been going through some things. I she been so nice. She wrote, creating this album allowed me a place to dream and to find escape during a scary time for the world. It allowed me to feel free and adventurous in a time when little else was moving. My intention was to create a safe space, a place without judgment, a place to be free of perfectionism and overthinking, a place to scream, release, feel freedom. It was a beautiful journey of exploration. I hope you find joy in this music. I hope it inspires you to release the wiggle. Ha. And to feel as unique, strong, and sexy as you are. Period. We all are unique, strong, and sexy, and we should be feeling that way, according to Beyonce. I'm so excited, man. Me too. I feel like this is definitely like an album too. Cause like I feel like everybody has been feeling drab and dab, and this is the album that's like, come on, get up. <laughs> Watch out, man. Yeah, I need I don't give a fuck if it's people think it's corny. I need that bad. I need it real bad. Like so bring bad. my soul lyrics be speaking. Exactly. To me. So it's just like, you know what? Again. The people who don't want to hear it, I feel like they just want to stay sad. And it's like... Not me. I'm listening to anything. Can't really. Lift me up, baby. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just so happy and excited for Beyonce. Again, 16 tracks, 16 songs, and I want them all to be songs, too. Yes. None of that, you know, um, Def Jam poetry shit, you know? Yeah, like, I know she likes to get a little funky with that. I don't mind if it's like two or three tracks, but it's like... Please don't go every other track like talking. And I don't know. Let me be quiet. I'm gonna take whatever she gives me. Let's be honest. Beyonce could be deep breathing on every track, and I'm like, <gasps> I know. I will still, wow. take, I still will take it. I'm be I honest. I will still take it. So like, I'm not even about to pretend like I have demands. <laughs> I don't. I just want it. That's my only demand. I want it now. That's so true. Yeah, Melodon boxes out like right now. Like so serious. <laughs> I'm so serious. Please melt the box out. Um, so let's get into let's talk more about Beyonce, but in a different way. Let's talk about Destiny's Child. And guess who else? Let's talk about Method Man. So um recently Method Man had a bet uh I was gonna say, I don't know. I'm so tired. I was gonna say recently Method Man had a, had a battle. But what? Recently Method Man had an interview, not a battle. <laughs> so tired. <laughs> he was literally sitting down so calmly. <laughs> I think I'm having a battle right now. That's the real problem. Um, so it says my expert opinion. That's what that's what he was on with a uh, math hofa. And Method Man opened up about just having really, really like low self-esteem. And admitting that he had a lot of 
personal struggles that often led him to lash out at others, including pairs of Def Jam. And he said, I didn't like myself, so I didn't like any fucking body else. <laughs> so that means anything that would have come in my circumference at, this, at that point in time was going to get it. My family went through a lot with my ass during that era, man. And I can admit that I didn't take a lot of my fucking misery out on them. <laughs> And they did not deserve it. And I took some of my misery out on people at Def Jam that did not deserve it. And guess what? Uh, Janet, uh, Destiny Child were in there. They felt his raft during that time. First of all, what, what kind of job can you just release all that raft and still be employed? That's wild. A rapper? Yeah, and it was like the early 2000s, so... Yeah. That makes sense. They're like, oh, we got to prioritize the talent. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so what happened was, I don't know why I said that. I said what happened was, <laughs> weird as shit, but what happened was, um, he saw Destiny's Child, um, and he said hi to them, but they didn't hear him. And uh, he got up, and some, I forgot who he was with, they introduced him, they was introducing him to Destiny's Child. And they put their hands out, like shake his hand, and he said, "Get the fuck out of here with that Hollywood shit." <laughs> That's why I was like, "You know," because I, like, I'm just thinking about how cute they are, and they're girls. Like, who talks to girls who like that? To girl? And you know what's so funny? He mentioned that when he first saw them, and he saw how, because he met them previously a few years back before they were big, and he was, like, "I really like those girls," and he was saying that. When he saw them backstage in that particular moment, he was just like, yo, like they were so sweet before and he felt awkward. So he's like, let me speak to the only people I know. Yep. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like he was so awkward and the only people he know didn't hear him and he felt played, he lashed out. And like you said, that's just very nasty to be like, get out of here with that Hollywood shit and like to be real wrong. Like, I'm trying to think of what I would say if somebody told me to get out of here with that Hollywood shit. I would have been like, oh, you are disturbed. Like, yeah, I would have been like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, no, I would, I'm sorry. Beyonce better than me. I would have told everybody, I'm like, he is crazy. <laughs> he is nuts. He is a wild man. <laughs> I would have fucked his reputation up. I'm telling you. He better be lucky. She is like just, you know, moves with grace and stuff. Because I do that now. Like, if somebody, like, if somebody does something that I don't like, I tell everybody, I'm like, I'll never be around them again. <laughs> nasty. I, that's one thing about me. If you give me a negative experience, I'm telling everybody I know, it sucks. So it's just like, the fact that they never read it or said anything is crazy to me. Because they probably forgot. So many people probably done worse stuff to them. Matthew probably I was fucking doing like that. They probably just like, what the fuck? They might have like, huh? Yeah. Get out of here with that Hollywood shit. Will you speak? <laughs> like, but the thing is, sometimes you can sense when people just got a lot going on. Yeah. And I felt like we've all seen the transition from Method Man, but I'm, I'm, I could be honest in saying that, like, I didn't have any faith in him when I first like when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, God damn, you were judgmental and shit when you was a kid. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't like the fact that I'm so attracted to Method Man now is crazy. It's actually wild because like when I was growing up, I thought Method Man was a bum. Like I just felt like his character on the wire was so shisty. He would always wear track suits that was real baggy. He just looked like that guy in the neighborhood that's like bad news bear. You know, like don't even talk to him. So it's like one, you gotta respect his overall transition. Yes. He said he was miserable. He said that he has self-esteem issues. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is what we want from people. Mm -hmm. We want them one to always be respectful mm -hmm. and never say, get out of here with the Hollywood shit. Mm -hmm. We don't want them to say that. But the fact is that when people are in negative spaces, they say negative things. Yeah. But the what you the the, the only thing you can do at that point is grow. Mm -hmm. And he seems like he has. He apologized to every one yep. of them, not just Beyonce, not just Destiny Childs. Like, I'm saying sorry to Beyonce, to Kelly, to Michelle. Like, I should have never, y'all did not deserve that. I hated mm -hmm. myself. And that's a that takes a lot. It takes a big man to do that. Yes. You know, because he, that probably been eating him up for years. Yes, because it just was so, like, you know, you know, you fucked up when you, like, 
damn, like reflecting on shit, like I'll never get over it. I'm so disgusted with myself because it was a bad joint. Like, but I do appreciate that he admitted that he was just in a bad way. Like, that's very big of him. I'm very proud of him. I'm very, very, very proud of uh, Method Man and his growth. Um, and we were talking earlier about the fact that he got a wife named Tamika. <laughs> and I just think that that's so funny. Yeah. She's been through the storms. You could tell if his wife named Tamika, she's been through the storm. And I just was like, I, I don't know why. I was like, let me see who Method Man met. And then I saw his wife. I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to be together forever. Yeah, yeah it's not a chance. like some people, when you look at them, you feel like, oh, you you a woman. You a real woman, and I ain't shit. Like, I'm not even going to try to go. I wouldn't even think about it. Like, I feel like that about 2 chains wife. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. Like, it's a respect thing from, the, from jump. You know that they hold them niggas down. Exactly. They weather the they storms. They weather, and they really want to. Like, when you look at Savannah, like LeBron James, like, you be like, yo, don't touch. Like, you can't. That's a good woman. You, that's a good woman right there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm not necessarily like giving <laughs> you the same attention. So it's just it's like, yo, that's so wild. When I, I I remember his wife name, but I didn't even know Method Man's real name was like Clifford up until like yeah, wow. People was going, what's that? The seventies, the eighties. People love that name, Clifford. <laughs> Yeah, the name Clifford is wild because if you're from the hood and your name Clifford, it puts you in a position that has to be real tough. Yeah. So you ever noticed that? It's like niggas with certain names in the hood, they had to be tough because so you couldn't make fun of their name. Like a nigga name was Ernest, you and he, yeah. yeah. You know, gotta be real tough. If, if they name like it. Arnold or some shit. You. Oh, yep, he was born in the 70s. That was, yep, that's such a 70s name. Clifford yeah. is such a 70s name. It really is. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Method Man. Shout out to Clifford for his growth. Shout out to, yeah, I was going to say, shout out to niggas that grow. Shout out to you, Cliff. <laughs> All right, so let's move on into the sunken place. Let's talk about this loser. <laughs> I can't stand I really don't like that guy. My 57 minutes. So we have a mayor in Philly, and his name is Jim Kinney. So if you don't know, Philly has been going through hell. These last yeah. years, like, it's not good for us. A lot, like in the past few years, we have had ATMs be blown up. We've had the National Guard outside of our supermarkets and Target be killed. Black man be killed. We've had wild potholes. We've had crazy crime. We've been having wild car accidents and hit and runs and muggings, muggings carjackings. Car children being injured and murdered we've been having pregnant women being injured and murdered just to just really really get you to understand what the climate of this city has been, is like this mm-hmm. city is on fire low-key like it is yeah. very much on fire so many businesses have like lost so many businesses have lost their businesses because of the pandemic. So it's just in a weird shape as far as like a city is concerned. And then to put uh, a big nasty cherry on top in the last month, two big, uh, two uh, shootings have happened in wide spaces. One on South street that killed, I think 11 people. Oh, 14. Yeah, okay. Double digits. All right. Yeah. Double digits, human beings outside walking and somebody just let out fire. You know, and that happened. And before we could even recover, yesterday for the 4th of July in Philly, we people usually gather around the art museum to watch everything. Guess what? They decided to, somebody decided to open fire at the exact same time the fireworks went off, causing a stampede of people to run and scream. And it literally was like the sad, most saddest thing I've ever seen and the most American thing I've ever seen because there's fireworks, the national anthem going off and the mass shooting and people are running in fear with their children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just horrible. So I went to sleep last night with a really heavy heart. I'm sure you did too. Then we wake up and I'll check the news. What do we see? We see our mayor complaining about how he's just so over it. Like how he don't even want to do this job anymore. 
He wrote, I mean, he said, there's not an event or a day where I don't lay on my back and worry about stuff. So everything we have in the city over the last seven years, I worry about. I didn't enjoy the Democratic National Convention. I didn't enjoy the NFL draft. I'm waiting for something bad to happen all the time. I'll be happy when I'm not here, when I'm not mayor and I can enjoy some stuff. Nasty ass. Like, yeah, do I agree? Yes, but I'm not the mayor. Like, I'm just tired in general. That is so but we, That is so nasty. Like, where's your power? Do something. <laughs> you, and of course you laying on your back, you lazy fuck. Go look him up. He looks like such a dweeb. And I just feel like, how <laughs> sweaty, sweaty loser. How do you sit here and say that after all this happened? Like, I'm just so tired. I'm ready for it to be over. Like, we are. He said, I just want to enjoy myself. He said, I just want to go to the shore without being worried about, like, you know, people shooting. It's like, I'm like, well, yeah, me too. We want to go outside without it happening. Like, do you understand? Like, people. The people who were actually in the middle of the shooting last night might have been turning to the mayor to be like, I hope that y'all are okay. <laughs> like, I'm really sorry this happened. We're going to get to the bottom of We will find. I will not rest until we get. He said, damn, I can't have no fun in the summertime because you fucking. I'm, it's just like, yeah, but. He said, I want to scram. Yeah, he wants to scram. And this is the same mayor that ordered for restaurants to not operate um, at a full capacity in Philly. This was like as we were coming out of the pandemic. And I ain't gonna lie, me, I was like, I get it. Like, we have a lot of cases. So let's let, you know, restaurants operate at a 50% capacity because in that way, it's like we go out, but the, the restaurants are full. So I understood it. And a lot of people were mad, especially like the restaurant owners at Philly. They were like, well, what the fuck, bro? Like, you are telling us to um not operate and not make as much money like do you understand that this is killing us and so mayor kenny just stood in his beliefs only for a few weeks later to find <laughs> out that he was in a restaurant in maryland eating indoors at a 100 percent. so so how are you so against some cracking crabs you fat bitch <laughs> he was in there eating a crab broil and while the while other people was they couldn't eat literally with their money. It's like, no, you're not over there enjoying hot fudge Sundays <laughs> in Maryland when you shut it down in Philly. And he was indoors, cracking your toes into the table. Talking about something, I just want to enjoy you. I bet you enjoyed yourself then. He just, he really sucking on his fingers. I he gonna write a statement and say like I can understand how y'all be mad. I picture when he writing a statement. He like picking. He got a toothpick in his mouth. He like I'm just saying like you know like that is so nasty. Like he's nasty. And I just looked up. You know what? He do need to retire. He's sixty three years old. And he probably he probably at his limit. And there have been rumors around the like around the way saying that he has been nasty and checked out to the to the press, to the to his coworkers, and now he just letting it all hang out. He said, "I don't even here no more, and I don't like it." We should be able to do something about that. Like a citizen. That's so, so scary. You know what he's doing in his office? He's fucking playing tic tac toe with somebody. He's not working. The or he's probably watching TikTok. Yes. <laughs> you know that little hip movement joint? He's probably fucking it doing up in his office. Like he probably doing all these TikTok dances. I'm savage. <laughs> He the the Burner Boy song. Like, he probably doing so much. He's just been very shit. nasty for a long time. I don't want him as the mayor anymore. Just like, he is so nasty. <laughs> mayor Kitty, you suck. <laughs> Sweaty ass. What a piece of crap. Like, <laughs> yeah, he needs to. Re- That's why it needs to be age restrictions on, like, <laughs> I'm running for office and shit because like if I was first of all if I'm this tired at 30 63 you know what I, you know, I, I don't expect him to give a shit <laughs> the same thing about Biden like um, CNN put an article up today talking about how the people in the White House are tired of being on red alert all the time and like I won't even hold you I can't it's humanly impossible to not be tired of how the world is operating right now. It is humanly 
impossible. So, but then they there was also feedback saying that like Joe Biden is completely the fuck out of it, and I'm like, yeah, I, I can believe it because he don't say shit. And then where's Kamala? Besides, like I feel like all she do is get her hair pressed out all day. You know that nigga is gonna be eighty in November, in December. And then he falls off of bikes and shit. It's just like, what is he even doing? He's going to be 80 fucking years old in November. There's no need. Like, I'm not trying to be funny. My grandma's in her 80s, and she's unhinged. You can't yeah. her. You just have <laughs> no reason with her about anything. Like, yeah. It's not trying to be ageist. It's after a time, you really start to revert into being like a child again. Yeah, because the fact that he threw that, I don't want to do it. Like on TV, that's very, and the cameras, he was in 4K. Sick, falling up the steps, falling on bikes, getting bit by his dog. Like, it's all this dumb shit that just keep happening to Biden. And I'm like, come on, bro, you're supposed to be the president. Why is he, I'm, it's crazy because, like, the retirement age, what's the retirement age? Like 60 something. So, like, if regular, like, non-people that's in the government retire at age, why the fuck is an 80-year-old nigga? Please. Try, he's trying to make a next. position where it's like, we will have to re-vote for his ass again. And I'm like, no. You don't ever be in the position. It's, it's either vote for his ass again or vote for a Republican. And they're, these, them evil-ass niggas, like, we know what they're trying to do. I just feel like, can somebody independent, please... Please, somebody independent with some sense, please run. Or, like, can we over... Never mind, I can't say it. <laughs> I feel like if, as soon as I said what I was going to say, I was going to hear it. It would be like the feds at the door. So I'm going to just stop right there. There's no, nobody that'll shit on themselves. <laughs> I feel like it's all politicians. But anyway. Um, we're going to just say we cannot wait for Mayor Kenny to be gone. Like, please let us get... A, a real ass mayor. Um, that nigga is nasty. Okay. Prayers for Philly. Prayers for Chicago's. Prayer for the world right now. It's it's just been a very very difficult difficult year. Like I'm, we're for, yeah. we're so tired. We're so so tired. Um, yeah. God help us. Please, please, please. Um. All right. Let's get into the common senses, shall we? Yes, we got a listener letter. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. So first of all, I love this title. Hilarious. I need help. Career change kerfuffle. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a bruncher thing to say. Hey, ladies. You call me Macy. Firstly, I freaking love the show. And you guys, you make me feel so seen, heard, and understood. Secondly, I think I'm having a crisis. I started a new job in a new city that was totally off my career track. The job is super disorganized. When you're on, when you are on the lower rung of the staffing ladder, things have always just given to you. Just figure it out. I haven't been given any training or guidance. There are still things that I am figuring out and how to do six months later. On the other hand, this job will be super flexible. The attending school. And my current boss is super nice, like nice enough that I do not want to have to have her find another person for the job. Crazy, I know. She was way in over her head before I got there and is very understanding and appreciative of my work. I have been looking for job for around for jobs with a higher that are higher paying because clearly everything is getting much more expensive. By the chance I stumbled upon a job that I would love to do with much higher pay. I got an interview, and now I'm feeling so bad about leaving my current position. I'm type A, so I have literally started drafting a how-to guide for anyone that would come to the position after me. Am I doing the most? Like, am I wasting my effort for a job that didn't even bother to give me proper training? Am I making a mistake by taking a leap out of the comfort of this very flexible job? Please help. Thank you. I love you guys for real. Also, shout out to my twin sister. She loves the show too. Hey twin. Oh my goodness. What a what a great letter. And it's like <coughs> so real. So real. Like everything that you share. I feel like me and Sabria have both been here. We've had these exact same identical thoughts uh, at yes. some point or another in our life. So mm-hmm. everything that you're wondering, like it's completely normal. 
mm-hmm. I feel like what's first to go through like those pros and cons you mentioned, right? Like mm-hmm. you mentioned that this job is flexible. You mentioned that, you know, you're able to go to school. You love your manager and she's great. Um, The cons are that the money ain't where you need it. Yeah. And it's a lack of structure. You don't have any training. You don't have any, you know, you can't get your foot in because it's just no foundation. And the con is also the guilt that you feel for leaving your um, great manager. Mm-hmm. So like, I think all of those things are fair. And we, me and Sabrina just wanted to share like some of the things that's like, all right, here are like some of the things that are okay to deal with at work versus some of the things that's just like, yeah, non-negotiable. So I 100% feel you on the structure part because I literally just left a job because there was absolutely no structure. Like I have to work in an environment that has a clear, like I like to say like a clear language, like how do we, like when we're doing this test, like what is the link? Like, what do we call this? Like, you know, um, just clear rules, like clear structure, because from like, the good thing about jobs is that you learn different skills. And if there's no structure, it's like you can't really nurture or hone in on that skill. You're just there. Um, so I definitely feel you. For me, a non-negotiable, um, definitely, um, if there's no uh, structure or there's no work-life balance. Um, I... As I've gotten older, I've become more, um, like, kind of strict with that. Like, with that, making that, like, a boundary and being like, I'm going to be here from this time, this time. I have to put clear boundaries because I did not have boundaries before. And I got really burnt out. So, I am trying to, like, have clear boundaries. So, that's, like, um, a non-negotiable. Something that I can put up with is... um, I can deal with people being a little overzealous um, at a job. Like, you know, it's always that one person that's like, this is their everything. And they're so excited to tell you how to do this. And this is like, I can deal with that because sometimes it is like refreshing to be around somebody that's passionate, even if it's not the same thing you're passionate about because it's motivating um, and it's still, it's positive. Um, also another thing I could do with, I can do with like a little, like mild chaos. I mean, like, um, if you show, like for instance, my new job, I, one day, um, the HR told me to come like at eight, but I didn't really have to be there till nine. So I was there super early. Um, and, um, somebody was like, oh, like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know you were going to be here this early. Like, I, I wanted to show you this. And I'm just like, oh, it's fine. Like, I'll just hang out. I didn't even know that I was supposed to, like, I just was coming early because that's what I was told. Like, that's something that I, that I would consider, like, ooh, that's a little chaotic that I could just deal with. I'm like, that's okay. Like, because I'm, you know, I got here and I was not ignored. And, like, I was made to feel like it's okay that you came, like, early. I didn't feel like rushed or anything. So, like mild chaos that I can deal with. I feel that. I think that's my first point of things I can deal with that like aren't necessarily ideal. But I think it's yeah. important to name what you can deal with because it's like no job is going to be perfect. And I no. always have to check myself. Like I want to make sure that I'm not complaining or I want to make sure I'm not like expecting for my next opportunity to, to be perfect. And then I get there and be let down. So I'm always like trying to question like what what is negative that I know I can deal with um Mm -hmm. because it's like just in line with like my personal needs and like for me Mm -hmm. I can deal with a bit of disorganization if Mm -hmm. people are open to my suggestions because like the thing is like if I come somewhere and it's disorganized and I can clearly name why that is like Mm -hmm. I will put something I will do the thing needed but if it's not being picked up from everybody else on the team and it becomes a burnout with me being the only one who has done it. But if you come to a team and you implement something and then everybody start kind of following that process, you feel like a leader. Like, oh shit, like I, my ideas help to solve, this simple idea helped to solve a really big problem. Um, mm-hmm. That's great. But it's like, sometimes it seems like people are committed to functioning 
like in a dumb way. And that mm-hmm. and I can't take it because it's like I'm not gonna just sit here and do dumb shit with you. Like I'm just Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I'm not going to participate. Um mm-hmm. and something I cannot deal with is like not getting enough money. Like, so I understand if you feel like Same. the job don't offer you enough money, like that's something I will never forgive. It'll mm-hmm. never leave my mind. If I don't have the money that I need, best don't trust me. Like, you know, like I'm just that type of person <laughs> about money. I don't play about my coin. Because I feel like, one, as a person trying to live in this world, but especially as a black woman, like, mm-hmm. people get the most from us, but try to pay us the least. And I'm, that yeah. shit, I feel like I got to stand, do, I do it for the culture when I ask for more money. Um, another thing that I absolutely cannot deal with is, like, toxic shit at work. Like, when professional mm-hmm. lines are being crossed daily and, like, yes. nobody can get any control over things. Like, when work mm-hmm. feels toxic and negative and it starts to kind of impact my mental health, that's when I'm just like, whoa, 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 yeah. I have to leave. Like, I have to head the fuck out. Um, I feel like it's important for maybe, like, you may see to do something like this because it's like, think about, like, all right, what don't I like about my job? I don't like the fact that it's disorganized. I don't like, but like thinking if you are curious about like, if you would really, really want to go, like, are there opportunities for you to be the person that fixes those problems? Because I think it's easy to be like, this is a mess, it's disorganized, but like, is your company like a company that's growing? Like, are you with an organization that's brand new? Something to think about. That's all. You don't have to like not move. Just something to think about. Um, and just like what is important to you right now in your career like I mm-hmm. this one black woman told me not everybody's gonna be able to meet your needs but you need to name them <laughs> exactly exactly that's what I started doing with jobs and I'm like and then you sit back and you be like well damn sometimes a lot of these motherfuckers can't really meet my minimum needs the bare minimum I feel like Yes, it is important to have like, you know, a manager that you like in my an environment that's flexible. But I feel like if the money I feel like when you can't get paid a certain amount, it's almost disrespectful. It's disrespectful. And when you have to do so much because it's this disorganized and it's like mm-hmm. now I can't even simply do my job because it's disorganized. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they haven't even invested in training. You just kind of allowed you to hit the ground running. That could be very frustrating. And also, it's like, yeah. well, what do you need most right now? Do you like I know the flexibility from the job and it being remote is important, but is it possible to get that from another job? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to get a really great, fantastic manager? Sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but honestly, yeah, it is. It is possible to get like another really great manager. So I feel like if you can like if all the things that this job offers you that that are great can be found somewhere else, like that's something to think about. I don't think that you should feel guilty in any way for doing this and i think that like it's something i'm just getting over but this is business and like understand that if shit went south and they needed to let go of you today or tomorrow like i just feel like you gotta remember that they absolutely would they would Mm -hmm. this is business and while your boss was in over their head like she got the choice to leave too you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, it can't be up to you to keep things running smoothly for your boss and then ignoring your personal needs. Like mm-hmm. you got to move for you, because like nobody else, if you, if you don't move for you, nobody else is gonna say, "Look how dedicated she is." Let's be kinder. Let's help her more. Let's give her more mm-hmm. money. They're just gonna allow you to continue to do it and do it and do it and do it. So I'm like team own your life and yes. allow your career to meet your needs. You're not there to meet the jobs. You're not only there to meet the job's needs. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly agree. Definitely. Um, reminder to prioritize needs over the job. Um, are you doing the most by like preparing uh, a sheet for the person? I feel like leave in the way you came. I always feel that way. Like I'm someone, like when I leave a job, as, as long as I'm leaving in a good place, I really do my best to button everything up and to make the transition as smooth as possible so that the next person can come in. Now, don't go OD. Um, Mm -hmm. Even there's some times where I say, like, hey, if you have questions, reach out to my email. 
you know, and if I can get back to you asynchronously, I'll, res I'll respond and like, I'll share something just because when you do leave, you take a lot of best practices, but I don't, I think it's, it says a lot about your work ethic and who knows, you may meet that manager in a different role, you know, say mm -hmm. she's at another company one day, she'll always remember the fact that, yo, she closed out in such a professional way. So it's yes. about your... It's never a such thing as doing too much when you're doing the right thing. You're just trying to mm -hmm. leave leave your work clean. So I think that you know what you got to do, sis. You know exactly what you got to do. Go get that money. Go be uncomfortable. Go grow. Exactly. I agree. So that's it for the show. Um, Macy, let us know what you've decided to do. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, make sure you follow us on Patreon. We just put a really, really, really special... Uh, post. All right, we'll we'll give let's let's just share what we did just to give people a little taste. Yeah, we um. So this is top secret, confidential information. We do not tell people our baby. No, names I don't at all. Just our like me and Iman know each other like baby names. Um, but we share them on Patreon. Yeah. So shout out to our. Patrons, y'all can y'all have access to that right now. We put our Juneteenth plans in there. Um, and we want to know more about what y'all want. Again, Patreon is a place for you to get in our business. So if you got questions, you want to know if we're dating, you want to know our stance on a certain celebrity, like that's the space where we're gonna be. Yes, please. And you can message us on there too. Okay, yeah, you, you can message us on Patreon. So make sure you follow us there. Again, I haven't said this in a while. Make sure y'all leave us some reviews. That's how people find us. And yeah. these are so delightful. Time. Also, make sure you follow us on the socials. Continue to send us those listener letters to blackgirlbrunch.com. Follow us on Instagram at blackgirlbrunch, Twitter at blkgirlbrunch. You can follow me on Instagram at imamate. And you can follow me on Twitter at itsmate. It's real. You can follow me at frankenfem underscore on Twitter and itsfrankenfem on Instagram. All right. That's it. That's the show. Bye. Peace.